It is a period of civil discourse. Fans of the Mission to Zix podcast have banded together to devote even more time to the Mission to Zix podcast by talking about it in a long-format fan podcast. This is the Zix Fancast. Fancast, where we will be talking about episodes of the wonderful science fiction podcast, Mission to Zix. We're your hosts, Rebecca. And Brandon. And in this episode, we will be reviewing season two of the wonderful science fiction <laughs> podcast, Mission to Zix, with our very special guest, Ali Kokesh. Hello. We are very excited to have you on here. Ah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. But thank- yeah. Oh, sorry. Thanks all round. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank me. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah. So we wanted to get just some general questions about, uh, you know, how you... Well, first off, like, um, we know you're an improviser with UCB, right? Yes. Okay. So is that... Like, what's your background with improv, and are there, are there any other, like, projects you want us to be aware of? We just figured we'd, like, ask that blanket question first. Oh, sure. Okay, so I guess, let's see. Um, it's funny to have to think about things to plug that aren't Mission to Zix. But, um, <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I moved to New York specifically to take classes at the UCB, and then uh, was lucky to be, like, a part of that community, and I was on a... Well, I was on several improv teams and sketch teams at the theater from, like, 2012 until very recently, Um, and now I'm living in Amsterdam. Uh, So I'm doing a lot more solo stuff, which Mm -hmm, is different. I, you know, uh, have always really liked being part of a team, which is why Zix is, like, obviously my, one of my favorite things I get to be a part of. Yeah. Um, But I guess, uh, yeah, so I mostly... I mostly write. Um, I just finished writing for an NBC show, which is why I was in oh, LA fun. recording remotely with the guy, with the whole like crew of the Bargerian Jade, and yeah. then uh, and now I'm in Amsterdam, also recording remotely. <laughs> but uh, oh, look, recording's recording. So. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. Um, any th- I assume you can't tell us what it is yet. Oh, the NBC show. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you. I, okay. <laughs> I worked on uh, Hollywood Game Night with Jane Lynch. Oh, that's fun. It was really fun. It was, uh, it was honestly one of the best. It was like one of the best jobs I've ever had. It was so fun. And everybody who worked on the show had honestly been working on it for many years. And they are mm-hmm. all so nice. And they're all so amazingly good at their jobs. And this was my first time working on a game show. And everyone was just like, so incredibly helpful and so kind. I don't know why I should be oh. surprised by that. I guess I, <laughs> I guess it, I, mean. it, I guess it's just like one of those things where like, oh yes, people are so nice. <laughs> I mean, going into it, I guess you wouldn't know, you know. Yeah. It'd just be like, especially if people have been working for a while, you know, being able to being accepting. It's always a nice, you know, a nice I, feeling. Yeah, I, I felt really, really lucky to be a part of it. And also, obviously, while I was in LA, I got like 
super into crystals and breath work and <laughs> you think I'm kidding I I really mean it I got like I got really sucked into the whole thing <laughs> open all the chakras I really you know. I'm like fascinated by all of it like if like if a coworker told me that they went to this like breathwork class or to like a cycling class and just cried for the hour I would ask for all the pertinent details so that I too could go <laughs> and be a part of that Oh, uh, L.A. Yeah, we uh, we we absorbed a little bit of that in Arizona, but like we, we always, whenever we went out there, it was always like just so fun. <laughs> Sorry, Arizona feels more me. authentic, though. Somehow, it's better Mexican food, I'll say. Oh, but yeah. you know, I will say in I, Amsterdam, I really miss a uh, good Mexican food. Oh, Oof. I can imagine. Oof. There's like one brand of tortillas that you can buy here. <laughs> yep i know i keep being you know i keep getting on becca about like mexican food in the uk and i'm like what is it Ooh, yeah (laughs) becca cared away in what is mexican food philosophically yeah from from my understanding it involves a lot of tortillas beef cheese and spices you know she's she's not actually far off frankly (laughs) True. There may be beans and rice involved somehow. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got the the core components. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all right. So uh, I, this I is all to... staying in. It does not get cut. No, no absolutely not. No, this is all going in. <laughs> all right, but we should probably try to get back on. Top. Oh, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> it is my fault for talking about Mexican food, but you know. But uh, I guess, how did you, like, meet Alden and Jeremy? Were they part of the teams, you know? And, like, who did you know before you actually started Mission to Zix? I actually knew everybody before Ooh. we started Mission to Zix. Actually, I the only person I had never met before was Shane O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, who, I know he came on a little later. But, well, because uh, I remember this so distinctly. It was, uh, like, an email I had gotten from maybe Seth or Alden and it was just like hey we're thinking of starting this sci-fi project and uh rumor is you're a huge nerd and you'd like (laughs) and maybe you'd like to be a part of this and I think honestly I was just very lucky at the time I happened to be very vocal about like loving comic books and uh (laughs) and uh I was recommended to them I had obviously known all of the all of the guys actually from uh doing improv like indie improv shows sure. seth and jeremy are part of this group called thank you robot which i had done a lot of shows with and have always sure. like really loved that group of guys and alden hosts gentrify which is like this staple uh comedy show that was in brooklyn and then moved to the ucb and then mujan is someone who i've known for for also a really long time, mostly because we've just kind of like always been on sketch team, like not the same sketch teams, but we've been on sketch teams and performed on the same nights at the theater and sure. that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, so I got an email and I, you know, I probably responded in all caps with way too many exclamation <laughs> points saying like, yeah, I'll be there. Um, Immediately. And we met actually at, we like met in a studio space, this like big dance room with hmm. uh, like, a bunch of like buffet tables all folded out and we just kind of like sat around and started talking about 
this this idea that Alden and Seth and Jeremy and Winston had all, already been talking about. I think Mujan and I were the last two to come on. Mm-hmm. And okay. we started talking about it, and then it was just kind of like we like we started creating a Bible and the Google Doc, and uh, <laughs> we started talking about the character. What was really cool was it was not like uh, no one had any conceived notions of like what characters needed to exist in this world it was really like what character would you like to bring into this world which i thought was bringing it around like whoever whatever you guys like would want to do yeah it was just it was very it was so wonderfully collaborative from the get-go and it really and like and it just really worked out so nicely because you know you would say for for me especially it was like i really want to play this type of character and this is how i envision this character and everyone was like yeah that sounds great and that's kind of how <laughs> dar was formed it was just like i i i want to explore this pr- part of my personality and i think i'd have a lot of fun playing sure this thing so <laughs> it was really nice i mean yeah i mean that that's really interesting so like was it originally conceived as like it, it was definitely a podcast, or did it take, like, other forms? Like... It was definitely a podcast from the jump. Okay. And what was really cool was this was uh, this was so long ago now, like, over three years now, because, yeah. and it, it felt like, very, at the time, before everybody else got a podcast, it did feel very <laughs> new and very exciting. And we met and we recorded two pilots, and... And then, you know, we just kind of, like, waited to see what was going to happen with those pilots. And then we started recording, like, every Thursday together for the first season, which was so fun. And, like, also having writing meetings to discuss, like, what like what do we want to accomplish in this first season? Like, what else sure. exists in this world? And then Winston is the person who also like controls our wiki. So not only is he <laughs> not only is he someone who is con- constantly contributing to the arc and the narrative like in the moment, but then he goes home afterwards and like like record like records this oral history in a way. And I think that's really what? amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. I was about to be like, wow, I would like I would love, like, a hardcore Zix podcast, like, going into the history of the Federated Alliance and stuff like that. I would like have that. to say, the if you ever started that podcast, the two people to pull for that would actually be Shane and Winston. I mean, Winston is incredible, and he created the wiki, but Shane is also someone that when we're like, oh, right, um, maybe we'll we'll try this, Shane's like, hey, I don't, I, like, don't mean to interrupt, but... Uh, if you'll recall in episode 108 and he'll just you know he'll he remembers so much and he has like such a good he has a such a strong grasp on like what zix is and like the canon and everything oh my god it's amazing uh and combined with the fact that he is such an incredibly talented sound engineer i feel very lucky every day that he is a part of this oh he is he is a legend Oh my gosh, like, Jordan Bacorkin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the like, the, you know, the hardcore Zix theme on Tiny Toots Adventures and stuff like yes! that. Yes! Uh, yeah, he's so talented. It wouldn't be oh the same gosh. podcast without I him. I actually, his mom came to our live show in oh. Los Angeles. Oh. 
And I think I just talked with her for 20 minutes about how great Shane is. Aww. <laughs> That's amazing. I love talking to moms uh, who are proud of their children um, and just like also contributing to that and just be like, me too. I'm super proud of them as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bond over how proud we are. <laughs> it's like so beautiful. I just love when parents are like so pleased and thrilled with what their kids do. Oh. But yeah, oh, you, so you already hit on a couple of the questions we had, like where did the, where the idea for Dark came from. Apparently it was just sort of like, uh, it, it sounds like it was kind of just like, well, this is the kind of character you want to play, and it kind of just got talked out. Yeah, right? pretty much. And I, uh, and, and also it was one of those things too where we even discussed like, how, what type of role would this character have on the ship? Like what makes sense that way? And I was really sure. excited to play someone who is seen as very strong and very intimidating. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to explore all the different... And, like, also, like, I didn't want to... I really didn't want Dar to exist in a easily labeled box. Like, we still sure. won't reveal what Dar's species is, mm. which I think <laughs> is... Fair. Like, that's really important to me. <laughs> <laughs> just so, be like it's none of your business <laughs> kind of yeah and so what I really love is that um, you know Dark gets to be the security officer and gets to be someone who has a will they won't they and gets to be uh, someone who is vulnerable and also someone who is very mean <laughs> uh, there's something I mean I think uh, to me it's very funny um, that oh yeah uh, Dark can be both very sarcastic and also very loyal and protective and i mm. i just i i am so i have so much fun just getting to figure out all these different facets to this person <laughs> yeah um so i i have realized now that i'm cutting off becca on some of the questions <laughs> oh, and whatever, no. but you know I sort of assumed you, you were going to do the first lot of questions and i do the second lot but you know you know what i'm Great. flexible Sounds good. <laughs> Just I, didn't want to cut you off because we yeah. didn't explicitly say let's, that. Let's, let's just pretend that was the plan all along. <laughs> Great. All going according to plan. Um, all right. So we actually had a, a listener question here uh, from uh, Nikita on the Discord. Um, so a lot of people cite Dar being an extraordinarily horny, gender-neutral being yeah. as part of as part of why this is uh, kind of known as an LGBT-forward and sex-positive podcast. Uh, so how did the decision to, like make Dar, like, omnigender come about, and how did that, like, journey go as far as, like, making the character, developing it over, um, you know, over the seasons? Well, I guess, because Dar is partly me, and also, like, trying to amplify parts of my, my personality and my, <laughs> sure. you know, who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm bi, and so I really oh. liked the idea of Dar also not being like again not being boxed into being attracted sure. to any one creature species gender just kind of um, like go for it yeah <laughs> i think there's something i just yeah there's something like really lovely about dar just being attracted to what they're attracted to yeah don't put labels on it uh pretty much and i i kind of also just love the idea that wherever dar goes in space there is someone 
or something <laughs> or a, <laughs> some sentient that uh, will spark their interest. They find a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Horniness always finds a way. Horniness finds a way. <laughs> um, I, I sort of imagine her having be... a, a sort of encyclopedia of all the species and like little check marks next to everyone. <laughs> I would. Just a list. Like a bingo almost. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and I think, yeah, and I kind of also like, honestly, that uh, most of the sentience that we encounter on our missions are also pretty horny. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think space is really horny. And I just kind of... Yeah. I, but... I, it kind of honestly feels like everyone's in their early 20s. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, that it's space, it's a wild frontier. You know, anything goes. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like we've opened the doors to to infinite possibilities. So why yeah. why limit <laughs> why limit it at all? Why not? <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, what? How about this? Is a little bit of a different tack. What's your like favorite moment from doing the show? Do you does anything stand out to you? Oh yeah, there was I oh gosh, there was this moment where the crew I think. Just Plek and Dard, and then C fifty three comes in later uh, in a new uh, suit uh, frame. Uh, And there's this moment where Plek and Dar are trying to save Nermit, and they think they're going to die. And Mm -hmm. Dar has like this emotional moment, and it was really it was completely improvised and very surprising. And I remember I like almost. No, I probably did. I started crying while we were <laughs> recording that. Aww. But it was just, like, so lovely and beautiful. And it just felt very natural. And it felt very honest. And I just remember that being, like, such a remarkable moment. Especially because, <laughs> probably in the same episode, Dar had said something very disparaging of, oh, yeah. <laughs> of um, Plek. But also truly, like, loves Plek and loves all the crew members very much yeah mm. i mean yeah it's it's a very like nuanced relationship between you know all the crew i will say that like especially setting up between like you know that uh even though there's the like well they won't they would between dar and nermi like that's that's the only like out and out like straight up like relationship and even that's like hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i wish but, i yeah. could remember when we decided that was a thing but oh, I, I, we were gonna ask about that. That's funny. I, uh, I honestly, I feel like very early on, like Dar wanted to be like Dar. Like I said, like Dar is horny and no, no horniness finds a way. No, horniness finds a way. I feel like instantly, uh, Dar and Nermit's like tension was already there and that's always so fun too because seth is such a fun improviser and like (laughs) and like truly even just in an audio capacity he uh plays that like anxiety very easily i I, it's just like very i don't know he's just it's very yeah no he's he's the the character of Nermi is very like defined to be like I am a very anxious bureaucrat who's very gung ho about wanting to do stuff, but maybe not exactly the best, you know. Yeah. But uh, I yeah I, I will say sorry to, to cut you off a little bit, oh, but no. like I wa- I also wanted to say that um, it is one of the funniest 
at least visuals. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. That was also truly part of it. <laughs> uh, but also, like, because, like, I love that Dar is, mm, at this point, ov- over 12 Tellurian feet tall. Um, yes. That finally got declared, which, you know. <laughs> uh, not, she, or they are not 12 Tellurian feet. They just are over 12 Tellurian feet. <laughs> yes. Uh, Which, you know, and, I, and in co- like, contrasting, like, Dar's, like, physical appearance, like, Dar leaves a lot, like, of headcanon space as yeah. far as, you know, <laughs> what their, like, physical appearance is, as opposed to Nermit, who declares everything. <laughs> like, I am 19 inches tall. Yep. You you know what, how big he is otherwise. You know when Nermit is going to die. <laughs> um, yeah, they know. You have a lifespan, like... Um, I think, yeah, the, actually, the Nermit-Dar relationship, for me, was really important as a pitch because I really did, like, you're saying the size difference is already, like, clearly such a difference, (laughs) but I really also loved that these two sentients are so different from each other. They're different in size, they're different in personality, and I think, for me, it was just, like, I really really appreciate that these two characters can love each other and also be attracted to each other even despite like everyone from the outside being like no 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 these two don't work on paper <laughs> no but horniness finds a way <laughs> horniness finds a way although i do think uh Nermit and dar have like a, a in private have like a very sweet relationship Aww. although yeah, I feel- I, you know. Although I don't think they are soulmates. Yeah, I, I will say, I w- I'm a little bit guilty of this, because I remember saying at some point, midway season two, I was like, wow, you know, uh, this is honestly kind of a shit show, and I'm here for it. Yeah. I think for Gosh. me, the thing that I always get really stressed out about when we're, do- when we're like, improvising their relationship um, I think that uh, Ross and Rachel from Friends is the most toxic relationship <laughs> oh, God, yeah. in history. And whenever oh, whenever we have a moment where Nermit and Dar feel like Ross and Rachel, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. no, 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 no. I don't want it to be like this. <laughs> Does, I will say, I got to ask, does Friends enter the conversation as much as it seems to based oh. on the counselor's name? <laughs> I wish I could remember who pitched that. Um, Because literally until it was written out all at once, I'm like, mm. I did not realize this. Oh, yeah. Oh, It snuck under the radar so fast. We have so much fun with that, with those characters. Or, I guess, did have so much fun with those characters. (laughs) But even just, like, like... Deciding what their names would be, what their uh, species would be. It was, that was one of the best recording sessions. I think it was maybe also one of the longest because (laughs) we would just like veer off into uh, like, this game is too fun. We cannot (laughs) stop playing. (laughs) Well, look. If I will say this, uh, even though it kind of breaks the rule of podcasting, uh, if, if you were to just like release 
uh, if you just kept having fun with it and released like a three-hour episode of something like that, I'm I don't know if anyone would complain. <laughs> I mean, the editors might complain. <laughs> oh but, my know. gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. Also, I mean, luckily our editors are are Alden and Seth. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, but and I, Shane I'm saying. And, yeah, it's besides, like... Besides them being mad, I feel like the fans would at least not mind. <laughs> oh my gosh. Second... There is a podcast that uh, friends of our podcast, Connor Ratliff and J.D. Amato, record, and it's mm-hmm. a twelve, a straight 12-hour podcast. Wow. Oh, wow. It's like... That's... I, I feel like it's the tw- it's called the 12-hour... Uh, I wish I could remember. It's called the 12-hour podcast for like 12 hours with Connor and J.D., and they just spend an entire day together uh, and record wow. it that's that is yeah that's that's an undertaking Oof. oh boy get trying to record for like three hours sometimes like i'm Oof. just like oh boy oh no <laughs> they're they are luckily good friends and i feel like they use it as a strong arm uh reason to spend that much time together and really like talk and catch up that's fair I was gonna say they release it every once a year. No. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it is not the... it is not a frequent podcast by Ooh, any means. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it kind of going along with that. Uh, who is your favorite guest that's been on the show? Oh wow! Or if uh... you're not allowed to say that, then who would you be most excited to get on the show? Oh, I I very hardcore <laughs> keep pitching that we should try and find out how to get uh georgia hardstark and karen kill Gareth oh that would be amazing on the podcast <laughs> i would that love that would be great i'm be like murderino i want i my pitch if you're listening my pitch is that we go to They're like listening. a we go to like a like a a planet where they tell us ghost stories around a campfire and they can just literally tell us real Murders. <laughs> My favorite space murder. Yeah, but space would murder would that. be great. I mean, yeah, space murders would be awesome. Or anything related with like astronauts. I immediately the astronaut who traveled, uh, you know, while wearing a diaper to her lover in oh, Florida. Yeah. Like that story would probably be applicable. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's. I, I feel like yeah, space. Yeah, space ghost stories. I know Space Ghost isn't a different thing entirely, <laughs> but, you know, uh, <laughs> the uh, ghost stories, I feel like, aren't something that, that are, I guess, popularly done in sci-fi, because, I mean, a lot of a lot of times when you introduce, like, you know, like, oh, there are ghosts, and, like, haunted, I mean, I don't know, like, an improvised Star Trek, there was a haunted deck and stuff like that, and, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's always so fun, I love to just, like, mix the genres a little bit and go, like, you know ghosts in space or like we should have like a medieval haunted <gasps> sci-fi episode oh. that would be incredible oh. Ooh, slice feel slash like... slash musical <laughs> oh, oh my, my god can can i just pitch you one thing real quick yeah please <laughs> what about if the crew goes to like you know like a dinner murder party you know Ooh. but it's real and also, they think they have to sing for some reason. <laughs> Cluedo! Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Incredible. But yes. Anyways. So this is just our way of, you know, pitching a bunch of stuff for the show. No. I understand. <laughs> the pitch room is not enough. It's not enough. You can't never enough. All right. So, uh, I 
guess a little bit along that. Where did the show get the most off the rails? Because mm. I see some moments that are like, well, that seems like that almost went horribly wrong. Oh, off the rails? I mean, when I listen to the episodes, nothing makes me laugh more than hearing, <laughs> hearing like what I think is like the second or third take that we had to do. And you're still hearing the laughter, like the stifled oh, laughter yeah. in the background. Yeah. Um, we, I don't, I don't think anything ever goes off the rails in a bad way. I feel like every now and then someone will say something and everybody loses their minds. It's <laughs> very fun. We actually, uh, I do remember recently we, um, we were like re-recording the first episode and uh, Jeremy stole the culotta, frozen culotta line from me. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I will not stand for this. And so like, I just remember like, and he had done it jokingly, but it was like. That's one of my favorite lines. It was like, it was something that I just remember being like, Jeremy, I'm so, pr-, like, I wouldn't, jokingly, I wouldn't let it go. I was like, Jeremy, I'm so proud of this one line. <laughs> in, in two seasons, I haven't had a better joke than this one. Um <laughs> But like so, like we'll we'll veer off into a land that has nothing to do with our characters, and we're just like being goofy and weird. Uh, and usually, one of us has to be like, "Okay, class, let's let's get back, <laughs> let's, let's get class. back to work." Um, uh, I feel like, oh, I feel like actually, because I was going back through season two today, the episode with. Uh, the gentleman from Hello from the Magic Tavern. Oh, yes. There is one of my favorite lines, which is <laughs> something like, um, uh, in Scared Straight, do they usually talk this much about eating ass? And, <laughs> and I All the time. <laughs> I do feel like that had to have been a part of the episode that we had to edit out eight hours of ass talk. Like, oh <laughs> like that might have been us just like having way too much fun. And then it it was probably synthesized to like a couple couple of lines and do we really need to talk about ass this much? <laughs> and the answer of course is yes, but uh <laughs> given it being the, the magic tavern boys ass was gonna come up sooner or later i had to that episode was so fun and also so hilariously recorded because they were in chicago i was in los angeles and the rest of the crew was in new york so it was a lot of us all patching in and uh not like not getting to look each other in the eyeballs when we're recording Mm mm-hmm which is sometimes really hard, and also sometimes when it turns out that well is kind of magical. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine there's a like good amount of like visual cues you try use when improvising that like we won't be able to do. Yeah, a, well, as well when we all are circled up in Shane's living room, uh, the Robert Doggy uh, Junior, <laughs> junior yeah. uh, you know playhouse. Um, when we're all sitting around, it is nice because, like, when someone is doing something, like, you can even, you can kind of even do the actions and stuff. Although it's also mm. pretty easy to call out. We just released our season three promo, and Dar and Pleck had a moment where they're talking about how tall they are. And yeah. <laughs> I just, 
I, I, I like started to motion that I was picking Pleck up. And then I was like, wait, 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 this would actually just be clear if I said, okay, Pleck, I'm going to pick you up now. Uh, and so, and then, you know, Alden, the professional that he is, immediately goes, oh. like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, the, it, the cues and stuff like, the, the sound work is like phenomenal on here, which, yeah, no, Shane. It's again, all Shane. Yeah. <laughs> we would, like, I can't imagine... I mean, obviously, we could release an episode without any of the sound engineering, but that would probably be the end of Zix forever. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute. The sound engineering is so, like, so crucial and so good. I just love how much story you can con- convey just through all the sound effects he puts in. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, yeah. You hear the, well, and he's always this. thinking of things, too. I mean, like, he'll literally when we have a guest it's he's always asking things like uh do you want to be modified like what if you were this type of creature we could do this we could play with this he's always thinking about episodes and and fun things that he also wants to add in and like actions that he wants to bring into the scene mm-hmm. it's really again we're so lucky <laughs> <laughs> sorry this fan cast is we're actually just lucky. for shane o'connell well, there we go. It's the Shane cast. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we, I wanted to... We, we do have a lot of recap and stuff to cover, but I wanted to ask a couple real quick, you know. Yeah. Uh, are you more Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, I am more Cowboy Bebop. Ooh. Okay, plot twist. <laughs> I guess, but I guess obviously when we are recording... I feel like more of us are Star Wars than Star Trek. Although we had sure. Jonathan Braylock in what was one of our fun, like Star Trek y yeah. type episodes. Mm. And that is All also right. one of my favorites. I feel All like right. Jonathan Braylock should be in every reboot of a Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> he has such a soothing voice. I also love re listening to a lot of season two because I feel like. I then get to remind myself how very talented our guests are. Mm. I was listen- like, I re-listened yeah. to uh, Leslie Collins, uh, her Janelle Fitzmeyer and oh, Jonathan perfect. Braylock's character. Like the both of them have such incredible vocal quality. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> oh yes, this is so soothing. I want to listen to more audiobooks. <laughs> yeah, the the guests have been just like fantastic, and like I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised at some of the gets that you guys have been able to get we're yeah no i mean it's always very fun we're always very lucky especially because what's so wonderful about it too is a lot of the guests are nervous and they're like oh i don't i'm i feel like i'm not gonna bring enough sci-fi to this (laughs) podcast and truly like it isn't even about that it's just about Mm. like really having like fun characters yeah and then like getting to create things through that Mm. i feel like people might be worried about like ruining the canon or something like that oh gosh i love when people ruin the canon or not ruin (laughs) it but like when they bring in something that then we will have to play with forever (laughs) that is my favorite like the concept of Bino 
was God. from the you know oh, the riddle Vito episode. is one of my oh. favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, Kids love Beano. I I swear when uh, when Winston says Beano love late stage capitalism. <laughs> When like we were we were just briefly touching upon like you know doing actions while you're um, improvising in the circle with microphones in front of you, when truly honest to God, whenever Winston says anything, I'm usually <laughs> silently applauding him from across the room or like giving him <laughs> thumbs up. Which honestly, now I'm saying out loud, I'm like that could be kind of patronizing. But I'm like truly trying to be like I bow down to you. This is so funny. <laughs> Rod bless Bino. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was gonna say like the well, all right. The uh, the fact that like Bino showed up in season two and was clearly supposed to be like the like oh the kids love Bino as like sort of like I feel like it was intended to be like an ironically like mascotty character, but like ended up being like just so funny. That everyone's just like, oh, let's deal with this bean thing that's on the ship now. Yeah, I mean, Michael Caine is responsible for that. I actually, Michael Caine is responsible for Beano. And I, that is a fact. Because he he invented the warm bean in that episode. And then that was canon. And we had to play with that. That's true. (laughs) Just to be like, yeah, you know what? You think it's not important? It's the most important. It is. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and it was like and then obviously it was uh the room and winston kind of just creating our own jar jar binks character um mm. and so but michael kane ruining our canon is responsible for being <laughs> <laughs> all right just so before, i think we're gonna move into oh yeah go ahead i'll say just before we moved into the recap um i was just wondering do you try and slip in like a clever one-liner in every episode where you can I do. I desperately try. <laughs> Again, nothing will ever top frozen culotta, but I oh. will always try. <laughs> I feel like we all get to uh, the third act, and each of us tries our hand at the closing snarky one-liner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes I feel like it's just kind of like a mic drop situation right at the end with uh. that ending music. It truly is like we're all tra- we're all going for it, and then one <laughs> of us will say the perfect thing, and we will literally be like, "Okay, that's it. That's all we need to do today." Okay, <laughs> well, it's been fun. See everybody later. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely works out that way, and I think that's that's a pretty solid way to just be like, "Nope, it's done. We yeah. gotta stop it." it. It feels like a nice natural edit point. After 15 <laughs> attempted edit points. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a little recap from season two. It's very general. It's not going over every single thing. But uh, <laughs> the, it oof, going through what we did for season one, that take quite a while. <laughs> Anyways, the uh, all right. So here's the general recap of season two. The crew of the Bargerian Jade and Nermit, uh, having been sort of responsible for the destruction of the Delegator, but not getting any credit for it, uh, saves Hark Tardigas in order to join the rebellion, but then immediately dooms him to the infinite void of space. Uh, the relic hatches from its dormant state and is revealed to be Beano, the adorable mascot of Zix that kids love. Uh, they start operating as rebellion emissaries, doing the same thing as their old job, essentially, uh, with mild success, but find that Nermit is too much of a loose cannon for fieldwork due to him eating 
creatures and hot dogs and you just, you know, it's problematic. <laughs> uh, I don't uh. think he actually ever ate the hot dog and luckily did not eat the gerb, but yes. Well, I, he, I think attempted. he attempted, he basically just... He attempted to eat both, that is correct. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, regardless, he's too much of a loose cannon. Uh, during this time, Darren Nermit started a, I put it in quotes, relationship... Uh, but Nermit leaves and starts, quote, dating another missions operation manager. Uh, Dar goes through a series of poorly conceived rebound hookups. Um, one leading to, uh, well, one with a grower mind meat puppeting a corpse. Oh, which, such oh. a good episode. Ugh, yes. JR oh. is so good. Anyway, yes. continue. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and that ends up beginning Pleck, uh, well, he causes him to get a keck egg implanted behind his eye, which is obvious, but not addressed until the finale. Um, <laughs> and uh, Nermi and Dar try to work through their relationship by writing out a list of feelings and past partners, end up realizing they have mostly nothing in common and are only physically attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crew learns that someone is in possession of a planet crusher crusher, but doesn't know who. Uh, all this time, uh, the behind-the-scenes workings of the monarchy are teased through ads and Vulm Sunblighter, mm. a veteran missions operation manager. Uh, the crew sabotages the Clint cloning facility to make Plint clones so based good. on Plek. So good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eventually, Plek meets his, quote, mentor in the, quote, space... Uh, old Durf and learns that he needs to try harder to fight Nermit Bundeloy, oh, the I Emperor. Oh, I actually wrote down one of my favorite quotes from season two is Fleck yes. saying about Nermit. We've always gotten along really well. And then Durf says, that doesn't mean you can't become mortal enemies where one must kill the other. I just like, <laughs> that, that kills me. I love that so much. It I, doesn't mean you can't start murdering each other. You well, know. yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter that you get along now. You won't always get along. It's like, it's oh. It's true. I love it. But yes, apparently Nermit Bundeloy is the emperor who is the avatar of the whack. Uh, the crew learns that the Federated Alliance has imminent plans to attack Rebellion headquarters in a climactic final battle. The crew, the crew prepares to fight the Federated Alliance by rescuing a motivational droid and outfitting Bargy with guns. Uh, the crack team of the Federated Alliance, Tiny Toots and crew, attempts to steal crucially important plans for the final battle, but is destroyed before they can transfer them. Uh, so the finale, we had the most mm. info on this, because this is also <clears throat> leading directly up to Season 3. Exactly. Uh, the Federated Alliance shows up with six planet crushers piloted by six of the Council of Seven, as well as an army of fighters. Dar uses their Game Master abilities to successfully outmaneuver the enemy. We gotta talk about that also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Bino goes insane from lack of attention, and the Counselors detect Bino's energy signature and all focus tractor beams on Bargy. Plex suddenly declares his love for Bargy, which prompts C-53 to finally remove Plex's assimilated eye, revealing a tiny Keck Weaver that temporarily joins forces with Nermi in his can-opener mech to weave a reflective coating around the hull before the Weaver is thrown into space. Uh, <laughs> Counselor Gunther Bullwheat then shows up in the Planet Crusher Crusher and crushes all of the other Planet Crushers, leaving him uh, the only do Counselor. Do you get the Friends reference there, too, with Gunther? Mm. Yes. Just checking. Okay. We, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but uh, he decided, so he reveals that he knew the rest of the counselors, the council's duplicity the entire time, but he decided to remake himself as Emperor Nermit Bundeloy, taking Nermit's name from the list of the dead from the delegator, and 
tries to get Plak to join him, assuming he is a straight male Tellurian, with his sexuality unconfirmed. Uh, Plak then fights, in quotes, him mildly unsuccessfully, but the Emperor reveals that Bino's true power is to grant one wish, which Bargy immediately uses by declaring that she wants to be a star. Bino grants that wish. Oh god, reading this is so great. So good. Uh, Bino grants that wish and they teleport to Hollowwood, where Bargy becomes a star and decides to ditch the rest of the crew. Then Bino reverts to his inactive spicy hot bean state and is put inside Dar. Oof. Oof. Hachi so, machi. That catches us up. Mm-hmm. So with all Ooh. that in mind. Um so to start off we've got a uh, another fan question for you from uh uh, Ellie, um, was it uh, your idea to make Dar um, a huge creature, or did you just react to Alden and Seth's comments uh, when they were saying that Dar was huge, and you sort of just went along with that? Oh no, I I pitched Dar from the get go as larger than life in every <laughs> physical way, in every way that that every could way. mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have another fan question from Faye Nissa, and um, they want to know more about Dar's past as a dancer. I <laughs> oh that's right because also on the um, Burmit Nandaloy yeah 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 um, Dark has great, a, a tap solo as well um, yeah. I love that I I guess because I I think actually that ties in with your first question about is Dar that big and did you intend for Dar to be that big I have always intended for Dar to be like a hulking, intimidating creature, but Mm -hmm. the dancing is also a reflection of their softness and their gracefulness. And I also am someone who wishes they were a dancer. (laughs) 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 Um, I obviously, I I love to dance. Uh, Invite me to your functions and your weddings and I will be the a uh, person who will not get off the dance floor. Mm, you could <laughs> interpret that as both good and bad. But uh, for Dar, I really, I like, I love peppering. What's been fun about season two is peppering and all these other things about them, mm. like Dungeons and, or uh, not Dungeons and Dragons, uh, campaigning, campaign master. Uh, <laughs> well, yes. Dungeons the, and Dragons does it's... not exist was in the it canon. space master <laughs> yeah space master um or a i feel like you could come up with uh, a dungeons and dragons equivalent like you know garfons and i don't know <laughs> yeah I'm like although garfons isn't sufficiently intimidating i guess i'll i'll I, i'm on it don't we'll workshop it. it we'll workshop it <laughs> um but yes dancing uh was it's like oh i i want dar to always exist in multitudes so dancing was a way to also kind of reflect that they can be large and scary and could rip off your arms, but also if you gave them the chance they would do a very moving interpretive dance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that sort of leads into the next question. Um, In season one we get the impression that Dar is this sort of, you know, nefarious Han Solo smuggler sort of type and then (laughs) we learn out that they're a massive nerd playing tabletop games and uh, such. Um, where did you? I mean, when did you decide that that was the route you were gonna gonna take, Dar? Um, truly, that it was improvised in the moment. Oh, nice. uh, the Norm episode with Drew Johnston, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. because everyone was saying, "Oh, you've run campaigns," and then I start to reveal to all of them that Dar 
has only done RPG. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and I and I remember everyone reacting like, I can't believe this. This is so fun. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, this is so fun. Now it's canon. I guess I also ruined canon for everybody. <laughs> Me Look. and Michael K. I love that it's these tiny throwaway lines that become so important down the line. Yeah. And we're trying to point out as many as we can just to be like, oh, this could be important yeah. here, you know. <laughs> Um, so for the record, uh, what are Dar's preferred pronouns, or does Dar just not care? I, from the jump, wanted all of the pronouns for Dar. <laughs> <laughs> Greedy. Um, recently, though, when we have guests, I will explain that I would prefer that Dar be referred to as they, them, mm-hmm. only because... Um, while I had hoped uh, people would refer to Dar by he and she, um, it it started to become too much she, and I wanted to change that. So mm-hmm. I sure. think I think on it might it probably started happening in season two where when at the top of a recording session we'll remind our guests uh, there's no God, it's Rod. Uh, <laughs> uh, money is croon, uh, please say Juck, and also please refer to Dar as they. Excellent. Well, that's pretty sweet. Uh, are, are, do you think you would go back to the to anyone, like, to be like, if someone dropped a he now and then, would you Ooh. be like... I, I mean, I would be okay with that. Um, but, but, yeah. And I also, honestly, in practice, try to use they in my everyday. That's fair. So, I, yeah. that's what I would prefer. We try to All use right. they on the fun cast, but we slip up. <laughs> no worries. Especially the, the early episodes we listen to, there's a lot of she's dropped, and so it kind of just permeates when we're listening through. Yeah. So, we're trying to be better. I understand. Um, so, speaking of Seth, do you guys talk at all about how you wanted to take the relationship or was all of it just in the moment oh it was both because obviously uh immediately uh dar kind of came on a little aggressively in season one (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then it was a conversation of like um is this something seth that you are comfortable with and obviously we came to we, we like kind of talked it out and it was like there was an agreement that both of us were really excited about seeing these two characters interact like this and seeing where mm. they go uh, and there was like there was like a consent conversation about do we think our characters should you know should it ever advance beyond Dar just kind of being like uh, inappropriate um, and so <laughs> uh, that was that like <laughs> that that was part of our planning and then also. Like, most of it really does happen in the moment. Mm. And sometimes I'll, you know, we'll also take a time out, like I said earlier, how if, if it ever reminds me of Ross and Rachel. Like, <laughs> You're on. like, whoa there. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there was a moment, I can't remember, it must have, I think, uh, I feel like Dar was really jealous of Mal after mm. Nermit had gone back. Yeah, like and around it, the Allen episode. And, I think it, it and it started to kind of remind me again. I know <laughs> Friends is truly the the base. So when you asked me Star Wars or Star Trek, I should have answered Friends. Um, <laughs> because 
star friends. Uh, <laughs> so like I, but I do think like every now and then if Dar exhibits behavior that reminds me of Ross, like not trusting Rachel to have other friends or uh, in this case, Norma to have friends or Norma to pursue other people because they like they deserve to be with them. It like starts to kind of gross me out, and I'm like, no, there has to be another way to mm. explore these feelings and to also, you know, allow autonomy for both of them. Yeah, but um, I mean, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no please, uh, carry on. Uh, so what I was gonna say is like a lot of the undertones for season two are kind of about like Nermi and Dara's relationship because you you go to the literal dumps. There's a <laughs> lot of like I mean a lot of the like motivation behind this is just like making Nermit jealous and stuff like that. Like mm. a lot of it's just like dealing with relationships, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like that that's kind of the undertones for uh, for this whole season. I think horniness finds a way. No, um, yes. I think, but also, I mean, that's like, uh, I think relationships are so universal, and that's why a lot of Zix is about how, like, the relationship of the crew members and the relationships between them and between their the people that they're meeting and then the relationships that those sentients explore in their part of space. So I feel like... Um, it was like exploring. An un- yeah. It, it was an undercurrent also because the relationships between the crew were changing over the season. Mm. Uh, because in the first season, it really is like we're all stuck in this job that we hate, and we're all yeah. stuck <laughs> together. And Reluctant coworkers is kind pretty of season much, one's yeah. Mm. And then by the end of season one, it's so much more than reluctant coworkers. There's like real feelings involved, and mm. then also C fifty three having their restraining bolt removed kind mm. of also opens up that C is also free to feel feelings for their crewmates as well. So, mm. um, Bargy of course will maintain there are no feelings involved, but I think <laughs> a lot of season two is relationships because the bonds between the Zix crew is really changing and becoming a lot closer. That's yeah. one of the things I love is the, the fact that it did become a, a very much a found family story. Yeah. Um, on a similar sort of tangent, do you think Dahl would ever settle down or do you think they even need to? Oh, I am so excited for you guys to listen to season three. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, we'll we'll ask for maybe some some mild hints at spoilers maybe oh, at the end would, here, but you know it's hard. I don't want to spoil anything, but I feel oh, like right. um, I have had a lot of fun with Dar. Her, they're like I've been having a lot of fun <laughs> with Dar's own personal vulnerabilities shifting. Sure. Mm. And especially yeah, we... from starting out as, you know, tough, I'm here because it's money and because I have to be here, to obviously being part of a movement and being a part of the crew, like being a part of the crew in every sense of the, the term. And then in season three, I think it also becomes about like how they come back together and why. 
and all, yeah. and then like a really big personal change for Dar as well. Ooh. Sure. That sort of links into um, another question I had. Um, Dar has no shame about anything. Do you think they'll become less afraid to show their softer side? I do. Good. Um, <laughs> it does seem like that's the direction it's going throughout season, yeah, you know, the seasons. Um, I do hope at one point uh, the audience gets to meet Dar's family. <gasps> Um, my my rod. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that will be um, very eye opening to also why Oof. Dar started out the way they did, and well, I mean the planet has also been set up as uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite the, the, intense. <laughs> yes, the home yeah. of Juck, Mary, Kill, and you know. <laughs> yeah, and that every uh, X Mars one person, or excuse me, one. <laughs> sentient dies <laughs> <laughs> um, we were dis- discussing at one point the, when you mentioned that everyone on Dar's home planet is related to each other and we were discussing just what that meant <laughs> well in a you know it was just interesting to, to, to consider you know well if it, I guess in my mind if a planet is all the same species mm-hmm they are all somehow related. Yeah, I was about to say. They are somehow all related to each other in a either really gross way or uh, (laughs) in a general sense. Um, Um, mm. Okay, so... I guess, oh wait, I will say a touchstone for that probably is uh, Blue Lagoon. Okay, continue. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I love that Darp is so willing to try and help when things go wrong and break, um, but why are they so compelled when we know that Dar's so terrible at fixing things? <laughs> <laughs> because Dar likes to try everything. <laughs> That's fair. Mm. I, w- I will say, uh, there's a bit of like, uh, as far as like, th- Dar brings a little bit of like, I guess it's like masculine energy as far as like, oh no, I'm not going to show my softer side or I, I can fix this. Don't worry about it, you know. Mm. Which I also think, you know, helps develop the character. <laughs> I also find that Dar doesn't get to kick enough ass. Yes. Uh, so I For find having that... literal chest talons and like. Right. <laughs> we're, not, we're not physically fighting enough creatures in the galaxy. So I find that Dar you know, wants to contribute, and be it that they have to, you know, contribute at things they're not good at, is just a pitfall. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. I want to smash things, I don't want to fix things. (laughs) Just want to get the hands dirty. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, did you ask to be, um, C-Red IT5, just so you wouldn't have to read the ads? (laughs) Oh, I don't remember how C-Red IT5 became something that I started doing, honestly. Hmm. I feel like it was one of those moments where uh, someone was like, oh, who wants to do the credits? <laughs> I was like, me! I do! I will uh, say, going into and being like, I want to be the credits robot, you know. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I, I always really, really appreciate when we do live shows and I start reading the credits and seeing... <laughs> the stunned look on people's faces they're like 
She's the credit droid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess yeah, no, the because you know, like the uh, you know the mysterious man in Magic Tavern. Mm, yeah. Like he never reveals who he is, but like you know, so you have to be like real, real deep in it to know. I guess <laughs> the the credits reader doesn't reveal who they are. <laughs> and also, again, it's Shane's. Uh, handiwork that has helped help create that anonymity <laughs> oh yeah i will say i was re-listening to uh the one with the magic tavern boys mm. on it and yeah. adela's voice is unrecognizable but like yeah. his his like vocal like pacing and stuff like that you could still recognize yeah you can pick yes. up inflections if you know but if you didn't know yeah mm. okay i also re-listened to that episode today and it's so good it is so funny to hear their voices in our podcast when I am yeah. so accustomed to them in Hello from the Magic Tavern. Yeah, I, I just was... remembered while recording it, I was like, please do not call him Usador. Do not call him <laughs> Usador. Like... Uh. Yeah. I mean, were you a fan of, of Magic Tavern like before Zix even was like a, a glint in your eye sort of thing? Yeah. I loved... The whole, like, I just loved how simple and fun it was. Yeah. And obviously, you can just tell how much they love improvising with one another. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that is always one of my favorite. That's, like, truly my favorite thing about most podcasts is when you can just hear these people in their microphones. Like, they can't get enough of the people that they're talking with. <laughs> Yeah. Like, that's why I love, like, uh, Baby Geniuses with, uh, uh, oh. gosh, now I'm like, uh, Emily Hiller and Lisa Hanawalt. Gosh, that truly <laughs> left my brain and came back. Um, that's why I love Baby Geniuses is because these two co-hosts just love talking to each other. It's just it's nice so to nice. listen to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like if people hate each other, they wouldn't tell... start it to begin with. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. And I guess, like, I uh, and then, like, with the Hello from the Magic Tavern podcast, you can also tell how close they are because they are so quick to, like, really turn the tables on one another. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> what are you talking about? I just love that so much. <laughs> that truly, to me, is like, oh, they trust each other so implicitly and love improvising with one another so much that they can very quickly be like no actually could you explain that like <laughs> and, and it veers off into territory where it's like uh uh i'm sweating i'm sweating so I love that. <laughs> um okay so um apart from the chest talons does dar have any other piercings or tattoos oh from mm -hmm. the one episode with durf just those pierced talons <laughs> That's more of a breakup thing, it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is funny. I, I do like to say that Dar also, uh, there are many parallels between Dar and myself, and mm -hmm. I am someone who, whenever I, I refer to it as an emotional haircut, um, <laughs> I cut my hair whenever I go through like a bad breakup or, <laughs> or oh. like, um, or I've moved. Uh, sure. So. Something something similar is Dar getting uh, 
the talon piercings. Yeah. <laughs> but there's I something think, like, right. uni- yeah, I was going to say there's something universal about, like, even, like, with Dar's, like, this hulking security officer, like, omnigender creature, you could see a little bit of, like, everybody's, like, no, I I need to just do something to, you know, like, I'm on a rebound, or, you know. Yeah, I want to feel, I want to, I want everyone to see the change that I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is why when I went to LA, I got more piercings and got bangs for the first time. <laughs> I was feeling a lot of emotions. I was like, everyone must know. These are my cries for help. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Dar and Bargy clearly have a history together. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any sort of idea of, of that history? And is there more to their relationship than meets the eye? Ooh, I think theirs is uh, a secret for now. Um, okay. But I do think, well, obviously also Mujan is uh, someone that I, I also consider one of my very close friends. And so mm-hmm. I really like that Bargy and Dar's relationship is very close, but it is not something that they need to discuss openly or like remind one another of how close they are i think it's just a closeness that exists because i was gonna say i threw out the darji ship before but you know (laughs) (laughs) i think it's just funny to come up with like what about this i feel like uh for backstory dar and bargy have experimented with each other oh um in every sense of that, like they have, <laughs> like they have maybe tried to date, and they have obviously hooked up because, <laughs> you know, Bargy. Given and that it's Dar <laughs> yeah. and uh, Dar and Bargy are very open-minded sentients. Oh, yeah. Um But I do think, even though it didn't work out, dissimilar from Nermi and Dar not working out, um, mm. Bargy and Dar still have like a respect and a real admiration for each other i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out uh this term uh, eskimo sentience <laughs> oh no uh, the one i've heard is homie hopper <laughs> that's funny but yeah no it's you know eh, that's that's interesting to know because i mean there's a little bit of a like Ah, uh, whatever, you know, hatch to hatch. The equivalent of hatch to hatch and, like, flaps and shoots. Mm-hmm. You could see some parallels there. There are some wild concepts to try and imagine in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You're making the slash fic real hard. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would have made some uh, rare pair. Chef is very happy. <laughs> um, so, last question. Um... Do you think you're going to be sad to not play Tiny Toots again? Oh my gosh. I loved that episode so much. That mm. was so fun. I know. It was it was like <laughs> I was it was a surprise. I'm like, "Whoa." At first I was like, "What? What are we doing?" And I'm like, "Oh no, this is great." Oh, also mm. Anorak and Parka are two uh, are two uh, characters I will miss a lot. <laughs> I love those two. Um so- <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But I was gonna say it, that was that was such a fun episode because I loved I like that's why the Council of Six is also some of uh, characters I will mourn that we no longer get to play. Um, 
I love when we get to all be together in a room and do like we all know Zix very mm. well, and so it's really fun when we get to play each other's characters in a way. And that was what that episode was like. We really just uh, yeah. went around the room. We're like, okay, so something opposite of you would be like if you played the C fifty three character, and something opposite yeah. of you would be if you played. So that was <laughs> squeegee. <laughs> oh, squeegee! I oh God, what is it that squeegee says? Like squeegee, uh, squeegee knows doesn't place on the sh- doesn't pull focus. Doesn't pull focus. Doesn't pull yeah. focus. <laughs> Like, there's so many digs at, like, the other, you know, characters in there. It was wonderful. I I think that's, that truly is just, like, so fun. Anyway, I am, episodes. <laughs> I am not sad I will not play Tiny Toots again, because yeah. I love playing Dark. But Tiny Toots was fun to, for, as an outlet for, uh, like, a stereotype of a, you know, slightly famous ship. But. Sure. <laughs> yeah. A more successful one. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I will say, I do I do want to throw another pitch, though. Uh, if Max Fun is going to force y'all to make, um, like, extra episodes, Tiny Toots Adventures wouldn't be a bad idea to do with, like, some prequel things. All the spinoffs. <laughs> That'd be so funny. We should do spinoffs. I, I would do a Tiny Toots adventure, but only if Parka and Anorak were also there. Oh, yeah, that's oh, why yeah. I'm, like, prequel. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we've got spin-off for the Council of Seven, spin-off for Tiny Toots. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. We, I feel like maybe Alden revealed this. We're, we obviously have the, you know, the cast and Shane. We have a, a group text chain. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're called the Council of Zix. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the counselors on Discord also, so you know. Yeah. Are there any spoilers you can give us? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what can I say? Well, we are doing a live show in New York. Yeah, um, I will be there. Me. I mean, we'll all be there for it. I'm flying back from Amsterdam specifically for it. Oof. Um, oh, when is it, though? Do you have a date yet? Yes, March 17th. March 17th, all right. It's in New York, I assume, yes. uh, And then I believe the first episode will be released that week of season three. It's March 20th, isn't it? Yes, Yes. exactly, yes. (laughs) Oh, but I think... That is how time and calendars work. Thank you, Becca. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say, though, I think isn't... uh, Is it going to be early release or something like that to Patreon? Mm. I don't know. Well, there wouldn't be pay- there is no Patreon. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> uh, oh, no. I think we're figuring that out with how the max funding works. But, yeah. Um, okay, what is a spoiler? Um, <laughs> I guess this isn't you, such. I, if a you want to be as general as possible, or this thing exists, or you know, <laughs> I would say so. Where we left off is everyone kind of scattered to the wind in Hollywood. Mm. Yes. And I would say in the time between Barchi leaving everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, All right, get out. <laughs> and you know, the fall of the Federated Alliance, I think the crew has spent a lot of time like individually. Everyone has gone off on their own. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um 
but in season three we will see everybody back together at some point okay well yeah that doesn't that uh i think that's a a fitting spoiler for like and it also helps allay a lot of our concerns because i'm like oh no i hope bargy comes like i i'm just so worried that bargy wouldn't come back that i like made ideas and pitched an alden on the episode he was (laughs) oh that's funny i mean truly bargy has no reason to come back (laughs) (laughs) i know i mentioned something about like a reality show (laughs) but yeah Anyways, you, y'all have sorted it out by now. You've recorded a few episodes by now, right? Gosh, yeah. Well, I was saying to you earlier, I we've recorded a, a handful, maybe six episodes already. Oh, wow. Um, which has been really nice. We recorded before I left for Amsterdam, and mm-hmm. uh, we've recorded since I've been in Amsterdam, um, where Mujan records at 4 from California, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, the rest of the crew records in New York at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then I record at about 1 or 2 a.m. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> in whatever time zone this is. Um, so oof, that must be rough. It yeah. is honestly so fun that I am someone who will literally be like, "Oh wow, it's 4:30 a.m. Well, um, I should go to bed. Uh, goodbye, guys." Uh, the last oh, time I, I forgot. Sleep. The, the last time we recorded, we were on a break right now because uh, I think two people have are on like vacations right now. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, How dare you? No. How dare so they great. enjoy their time? Um, but we're taking like a two week hiatus right now while people take uh, vacations with their loved ones. And um, <laughs> I remember we were finishing recording the episode right before our little break uh and i just kept talking <laughs> i was like oh, wait but guys what else is going on um and someone had to remind me that it was almost 5 a.m and i should go to bed <laughs> well, I mean, you're up that late might as well stay up <laughs> i know and also i just get so it's like i get so amped up because we've just been like goofing off and improvising for a couple yeah. of hours uh <laughs> and then i also uh want to catch up and just know how everybody's doing in New York. Yeah. Aww. Okay. okay, one final thing before we let you go. Sure. For you, choosing any character from the series, who would you Jack Marry Kill? <gasps> oh my gosh. Okay, Mary Janelle Fitzmeyer. Naturally. Oh, that's yep. a, yes. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I guess mm, this feels cruel to Laura Wilcox, but <laughs> I would... Uh, not kill, but just like never need to see uh, Taxis again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was such a fun episode because it really. I feel like we were all trying to figure out what would be a what how we could celebrate a fourth like tie into Fourth of July, <laughs> uh, and then also I feel like uh, something that we all have in common is uh, complaints about healthcare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All oh, and universal. then obviously, uh, I would Jack Allen. There you go. Yeah, oh, naturally. Alan, Alan's naturally. wonderful. <laughs> I, I like. How about I'm also sad. Yeah. I'm, I'm also sad that Alan is. Well, I mean, Alan could return. I guess I did no. pitch the idea. No. Well, look. Amazing. The grower mind's not that you know original. <laughs> oh my gosh, I when Jr. came in as the grower mind 
and started listing out the weavers. The, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I just remember like open mouth staring at them from across the room while we were recording being like, I cannot believe how good this is. (laughs) (laughs) It's also like, run strategically, that sort of (laughs) thing. It's just so good. So, so good. Uh, And also, I just love that JR now lives uh, outside of New York uh, and whenever we ask if, you know, the Keck and the Garmind could be involved, they are always ready to be involved and I really appreciate that. (laughs) Definitely one of the best returning characters. I was gonna say also I, I do want to mention uh, as far as Dependence Day goes I have I have a little tie in myself because uh, I uh, proposed to my now wife on July 3rd and I called it Dependence Day ah! <laughs> that's amazing yeah I hope I hope they were like not <laughs> not disappointed <laughs> like, no hold on <laughs> Oh yeah, it didn't work. You just, Sorry, you no. just used a Zix reference. Uh, no, it was it was well before. I know, I know. I know, and it was also. I mean, look at the time she was like studying for the bar exam. That was probably not a good idea, but you know. <laughs> hey, my husband proposed to me at a games workshop. I think you're good. <laughs> <laughs> my partner proposed Let's to me r- <laughs> by hiding the ring inside of a clam. Oh. <laughs> Which I was gonna very <laughs> silly. That does seem mildly silly. <laughs> but look, whoever different, you know, different strokes. Yeah. You so, get it done. That's yeah. just that. <laughs> Horniness finds, finds a way. A way. Okay. okay, that has to be a t-shirt now, okay? <laughs> I feel like, yep, that's 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 gonna be our fan cast t-shirt now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving us Murich. I'm so glad Uh, Okay, so you can find us on Twitter at ZixFanCast or you can email us at ZixFanCast at gmail.com Any final plugs? Um, You cannot find me on Twitter because I accidentally deleted it Um, (laughs) but you can find me on Instagram at Mm -hmm. Ellie Kokesh Um, and uh that's it. Oh my gosh, I have nothing else to plug. <laughs> What's you your have, favorite TV show right I'll now? I'll say, if you have recommendations yeah. for Amsterdam, please let me know. <laughs> uh, my favorite TV show? Oh gosh. I I feel like I've, like I haven't had enough, I feel like I haven't been watching enough television since I moved. <laughs> but recently, Killing Eve announced its so uh, good. second season premiere date, and I am very excited Yep, for that. super good. I do need to say that. Oh, I'm probably very <laughs> excited for Killing Eve and Catastrophe. Uh, huh, I haven't heard of that one. Wait. No, no, what's that about? Oh, it's a... I believe it's a BBC Channel 4 show. And oh. it also is owned by uh, Amazon, who distributes it oh, after yeah. it's aired in the UK. That rings a bell. Yeah, I think I saw a trailer for that. Yeah, it looked good. <laughs> yeah, Rob Delaney is... Oh, let's say that. Uh, in addition to Georgia and Karen, if Rob Delaney ever wanted to do an episode of Mission to Zix, I would lose the abi- <laughs> I would lose the ability to do anything. Amazing. <laughs> Oof. 
All right. Uh, and oh yeah, our our Patreon. I think it's currently. I'm not going to change it this week, but I believe it's our Patreon is Patreon.com/slash/b69420 currently. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was Rangus Dangus before. I think I've changed it. Uh, we uh, on our text chain, we're writing. We who are writing. Um, our valentine's puns all together just like in our text chain yeah and one that did not end up going up on our social but uh i thought was brilliant and i believe it was seth's sorry if i'm crediting the wrong person but (laughs) it was be mine forever with a b69 420 (laughs) uh i just i don't know that so simple (laughs) so perfect B69 for 20 ever. Okay, so now I need to to do B69 for 20 fan art now, so. (laughs) Look, we've already put so much fan art on your plate. I love the fan art. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) I wish I was any sort of an artist. Me too, truly. When I look at everything that everybody else does, I'm like, gosh, I wish I had any talent at anything whatsoever. (laughs) Well, look. Buckets of, like, improv talent i mean oof uh but that's not applicable i can't point <laughs> people to that on the internet wait mm-hmm. but we have a never mind <laughs> uh i wish i i actually started because i'm i have a lot of free time right now especially in amsterdam i've been like trying to find uh drawing and animation classes but Ooh. i I truly am like, but I'm at the level a child would be at. Can I take a class with a child with like children, like ages <laughs> eight to twelve? <laughs> I feel like they're like, hmm, who's mm. this person? A child's class. They uh, don't respond to my inquiries. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I'm no Picasso, but if you want drawing tips, please just email me. Famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> And also, if you want to commission any... Never mind. <laughs> any penis? If I want to commission any penis, is that what you're going to ask me? Well, sure. Well, maybe I should. Oh, <laughs> My gift oh. to a girl. <laughs> you are I mean, lucky you have not let me tell on you. Discord much. Oofa doofa. Let me, let me tell you something. If one of the counselors asked for specifically a piece of penis art, I feel like... It Who could happen. refuse? But someone already commissioned me to draw <laughs> Beano and Nermit kissing, so... <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh, boy. It's great. Anyway. I think that should be the image that accompanies horniness finds a way. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Uh, uh, well, wow. You You're doing all the work for us about merchandise. <laughs> As long as I get a piece of it, I don't care. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's, that's it for us. <laughs> that's we'll we? end on? Okay, we'll end on Bino and Nermit kissing. Good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you for coming thank on. Thank you. Truly. Well, yeah. let, ev- let everyone else know also that, you know, we, we would love to have everyone on board at some everyone. point. Everyone, yes. If Shane, everyone, anyone, 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Shane will want to talk about how he can sneak Dave Matthews Band into Oh my podcast, gosh. But, I, I need to know that. Uh, I mean, look, if you want Robert Doggy Jr. to come on, we'll even, you know. Oh, yeah. Perfect. No, really. Thank you for reaching out and asking me to do this. This is so fun. And also just like really, really easy. Like I'm just sitting here at my computer. So like we try really, it. We do what we can. Yeah. <laughs> toot, toot, toot.